Now let us revert to the project of the revival of the ancient library of Alexandria itself. The Director General of UNESCO, Mr. Mbo, visited Egypt in 1986, and during his visit he went to Alexandria. The university authorities in Alexandria uh, brought to his attention the need for a university library. The idea of designing a large library in Alexandria had been discussed in Egypt as early as 72-74 when Professor Lotfi Dawidar was president of the university and Professor Mustafa Abadi, a historian, they preached the need for a new library that would fill the cultural abyss left by the destruction of the old one, the Library of Antiquity. When the University of Alexandria was inaugurated in October 1942, this is uh, during World War II at the time when the Battle of El Alamein was being fought between the Germans and the Allies. At that time, at the inauguration of the University of Alexandria, uh, University of Alexandria, rather, in 42, no special building was designated for the library. So the need was there. And the Egyptian government put forward an official request that was sent to UNESCO in 1986. The government required UNESCO's assistance in drawing up a feasibility study for the creation of the library before the end of the 87 and in investigating to what extent UNESCO could participate in the project. Now, as the director of the program dealing with information libraries and archives in UNESCO at the time, I was very fortunate to be put in charge of this project. UNESCO responded favorably to the Egyptian request. I personally carried out the first phase of the feasibility study with Professor Jean-Pierre Clavel head librarian of the University of Lausanne. We went to Egypt from 26 January to 10 February in Alexandria and Cairo. The object of the mission was to establish the necessary contact with officials of the government of Egypt and of the University of Alexandria, as well as with the originators of the project. Uh, the object was also to visit some existing libraries, discuss the project in order to define its limits, clarify its objectives. This initial contact was thought necessary to determine the extent of the aid UNESCO might possibly provide. We met and discussed with His, His Excellency Dr. Fatih Surur, Minister of Education. 
the project had started as uh, a project from the University of Alexandria, but later on became a national project under the Minister of Education. We also met and discussed with uh, Fawzi Abdezahir of the National Commission, with the Dean of the University of Alexandria, Mr. Mustafa, the Vice Dean Abdelaziz Abu Khadra, with uh, Lotfi Doidar, Honorary Dean of the University, who has had this idea for many years. We visited uh, Faculty of Medicine, the libraries of the Faculty of Engineering, the library of the Faculty of Dentistry, uh, Art, the Municipality Library. We visited and discussed uh, as much as possible to clarify the objectives of the project, define its limits, and see what was available, what was feasible, and what was reasonable. Now, as it was impossible to collect all the necessary data during the mission, that is, the data concerning financing and formulating realistic objectives, the report we produced posed a number of questions which we asked the Egyptian authorities to answer so that UNESCO would be in a position to undertake and complete the feasibility study. These questions concern basic options as to the type of library that was desired, the kind of documents to be gathered, the number of disciplines to be covered, the size of collections, the range of services to be provided to users. All of these notions would allow the calculations of investment costs for the building itself and the constitution of collections, the professional training needed, together with the estimate of running costs immediately after the inauguration. Now the first phase of the feasibility report contains all these questions. At the close of this mission, it would it appeared to us that the project of the revival of the ancient library of Alexandria could and should be carried out. Because we felt that it is and this is what is uh, recorded in the report. It is absolutely necessary to the intellectual community of Alexandria, deprived as it is at the present time of the bibliographic resources it needs. We recommended that the project be carried out in stages concerning the building, the collection of books. We recommended that the, an architectural brief be drawn up by two UNESCO consultants, an architect and a librarian. The architectural brief would allow an architectural contest to be set up so as to select the best project. We recommended that the status of the new library must ensure it a great degree of autonomy under the control of a governing body and the direction of a head librarian.
We also offer to finance a study tour for three persons attached to the project, providing them with the opportunity of visiting some of the more successful European achievements in the United Kingdom, the Federal Republic of Germany, Switzerland, and France. UNESCO would finance the feasibility study and take the necessary steps for its completion in 87. When our feasibility study report was approved and the Egyptian authorities replied to the various questions raised, the project was launched. The Director General of UNESCO, Mr. Martha Rambeau, launched an international appeal to all member states of UNESCO for support. Shortly thereafter, we uh, sent a number of experts to Egypt to conduct an, a series of technical studies which were needed. Now, studies in, on manpower needs, plan for automation, collection development, etc. Then we commissioned the preparation of the architectural brief by Jean-Pierre Clavel and Ian Meissner, Clavel being a librarian, Meissner an architect, with the assistance of François Lombard from France. Then the brief was finalized at an international symposium that UNESCO organized in Alexandria in March 1988 with the participation of a number of Egyptian and international experts. In Egypt, the revival of the ancient library of Alexandria was then launched as a project of national interest under the auspices of the President Hosni Mubarak. The general organization of the Alexander Library was established under the name of GOAL, G-O-A-L, in 1988. It was established by decree under the chairmanship of Mr. Ahmad Surur, Minister of Education. The University of Alexandria donated a site of 45,000 square meters for the future library. The site was on the Corniche waterfront near Silsila at the eastern end of the harbor, a location believed to be close to the site of the ancient library, within the walls of the ancient royal palace. Then we organized the symbolic laying of the foundation stone of the new Bibliotheca Alexandrina on 26 June 1988 by President Hosni Mubarak and the new Director General of UNESCO, Mr. Federico Mayor. This brought further international attention to the project. UNESCO had organized the participation and attendance by a number of journalists from all over the world. 
The project had now moved fast and it was clear that by then it had the support of the government and had caught the imagination of the international community. A large number of articles began to appear in the international press. Officials from various countries approached UNESCO to express their interest, institutions offered their assistance, and UNESCO member states endorsed the organization's further involvement into this project. An international movement in support of the idea was born. UNESCO funds for our involvement in this project had not been foreseen in the current program and budget. So as a director responsible for this project, I had to transfer funds from other activities, from activities that had not been implemented, from savings, uh, and that had allowed me to send the consultants to Egypt and to allow for a number of activities so far, but the funds to continue were not available, so we prepared a project proposal for UNDP, United Nations Development Program, which we negotiated, and we were very happy and fortunate to have the project uh, accepted by UNDP, which then contributed to our continuing our activity. That is, prepare the architectural brief and the and conduct the international uh, competition. Now, as I said earlier, the architectural brief was prepared by Jean Claude Jean Pierre Clavel for the organization of the library and by Jan Meissner for the architectural aspects with the assistance of François Lombard from France who also represented the International uh, uh, Union of Architects and took special interest in preparing the rules of the competition. We also got assistance and help and input from Harry Faulkner Brown from the UK and from Mohsen Zahran Egyptian architect who was also nominated head of Gore. Now the architectural brief was prepared in French, English and Arabic and it dealt in, greater, in great details with the organization of the library and uh, the operations of the library. That is the public service division, the internal service division, the International School of Information Studies, the Conference Center, etc. It dealt also with the architectural and technical requirements, that is accessibility, comfort, flexibility, compactness, safety, etc. It uh, covered the requirements for floor areas required. The, it dealt uh, and explained with the environment of the city and the library site, some historical background, general information, climate, pollution, etc. And of course, regulation and standards 
and technical recommendations, local regulation, standards to be complied with, building material and methods. It uh, covered the rules of the competition, general provisions, technical provisions, legal, and uh, a competition timetable. Now, later when the uh, brief was distributed and the architects participated, we received a number of very positive comments on the quality of the, the architectural brief, which was part of the reason why the competition was such a success and interested so many architects around the world. The competition timetable um, was, asked, was um, uh, demanded that the public announcement of the competition be distributed 1st September 1988, and the final date for receipt of entries in Paris was set at 30 June 89. The review of the entries by the Technical Committee July, August 89. Study of the project by the jury, September 89, from 17 to 24. And the announcement of the results, 25th September 89. Over 1,300 architects from 77 countries registered. Then 524 entries were received and submitted to the international jury created by UNESCO. The jury met for the final selection in Alexandria in September 89. The event was described in the press as an architectural happening. The international jury which met in Alexandria to select the best design, was composed of John Carl Warnicki of the United States, which was elected president of the jury, Fumino Maki from Japan, Mohsen Zaharan from Egypt, François Lombard from France, Mohamed Aman from Egypt, Ahmed Hadal, Federal Republic of Germany, Jean-Pierre Clavel, Switzerland, Jan Meissner, Poland, and Franco Zagari, Italy. The winners were the first prize granted to Snoheta from Norway. Manfredi Nicoletti got the Italy second prize, and a group of architects from Brazil got the third prize. The total amount of the prices was $200,000. The first price was $60,000, second price $35,000, third price $25,000. The remaining $80,000 were divided among the entrants awarded a special mention. For those interested in the in the various designs that uh, participated in this competition, there's a catalog that was issued by 
UNESCO, UNDP, Edizione Carte Segrete, a catalogue prepared by Franco Zagori, entitled Biblioteca Alexandrina, International Architectural Competition, Concours International d'Architecture. This catalogue was issued on the occasion of an exhibition, Biblioteca Alexandrina, which uh, UNESCO organized in Paris uh, in November 1990. This catalogue comprises a number of statements, all the designs, uh, the honorary mentions as well as the winning ones. It has the composition of the jury, the jury report, jury comments, the participating countries, the participating architects. It is of, uh, um, of great value. Now, when the jury met in Alexander, there was one design that consistently commanded the attention of the jury. This is the design that eventually won the competition, the Norwegian project presented by Snoeta. The composition of the team that had worked on the design is very interesting, and it's a further indication of the international character of the project. In fact, the 10 members team that had worked on the entry originated from six different countries. They were all working for Snoheta in Norway, but five of them were Craig Dykers from the United States, Per Morton, Jof Josephson from Norway, Christoph Kappelar from Austria, Mo from Norway, and Chetil Torsen from Norway. For the five consultants, were Habak from Egypt, more a historian from Germany, Molinar, an architect from the United States, Jorun Sainz, an artist from Norway, and Adriana Bailly from Argentina. It is very interesting to recall how the Snoheta team worked on the project. They told me that they had recognized that a great sensitivity was needed to successfully compete, complete the project. Research and discussion became their first priority. A high degree of group interaction was maintained. Dykers, one of the architects, said that half of their time was spent reading from the many sources available about Alexandria and deliberating many hours before the project assumed dimension. Various members of the office had been visiting Egypt since 86. In 89, a special trip was made to Alexandria to investigate the atmosphere of this undertaking before beginning the actual design of the competition entry. I was told by one of the architects that parts of the actual design was done in a rental office in California, 
the rental office away from the hustle of the busy Oslo headquarters, thus allowing the architects to take several trips to the Nevada desert for continued inspiration. The chairman of the jury, John Warnicke of the United States, wrote, I quote, the design of the library is in the form of a circle which becomes its prominent symbol. It expresses a basic continuity to man's existence. The sun is a circle, the moon is often an emerging circle. The site of the library looks out on the ancient harbor of Alexandria, which is in the form of a circle. The circular plan of the library thus relates to all these elements. The circle is a symbol of unity and continuity that embraces the past, present and future. The cylindrical masonry from form emerges from the earth like the rebirth of an earlier form." Unquote. Indeed, many have since described the circular building inclined towards the sea partly submerged under the ground as the image of the ancient Egyptian sun that in contemporary terms will illuminate the world with knowledge. At this point, with a beautiful and internationally acclaimed design at hand, the dream had come closer to be turned into reality. This bold and yet simple design had to be translated into a stone, steel and glass structure. Substantial funds were needed. During the early stages of the feasibility study, it had been estimated that the funds needed for the building, the books, periodicals and documents, the computer hardware and software would amount to approximately a hundred million dollars. The preliminary design review later carried out by Snoheta under contract for UNESCO revealed that the total construction cost would be 115 million US dollars and the total investment cost including library equipment, book collections would amount to 152 million. As early as November 87, the Director General of UNESCO, I had mentioned earlier, had launched an international appeal. And a special account had been opened at UNESCO to receive cash donations. The Norwegian government paid half a million dollars into a special account, which was utilized to work out in conjunction with Snoheta, the detailed implications of the design and the architectural, technical, functional and financial level, which is called the preliminary design and review. As we mentioned uh, also earlier, UNDP financed uh, a 1,200,000 project 
executed by UNESCO to cover the international architecture competition. Fundraising activities, some training and consultation, the publication of documentation, and the preparation of a maquette and a film. The Italian government had pledged uh, $400,000, which would serve to finance detailed studies on the International School of Information Studies. The Assistant Director General of UNESCO, Mr. Thomas Keller, to whom I reported, took a special interest in the project. Together, we undertook several missions, notably to Norway, to obtain some funding. But more funds were needed, and one way to effectively raise funds was thought to be the, setup, the setting up of a prestigious international commission. With the financial assistance from UNDP, the government of Norway, UNESCO set up, in cooperation with Egypt, an international commission for the Bibliotheca Alexandrina, in which chiefs of states, high-level personalities, participated. The meeting took place in Aswan under the chairmanship of Mrs. Susan Mubarak from 11 and 12 February 1990. The distinguished members of the Commission included Inter Alia Queen Noor al Hussein of Jordan, Sheikh Zayed, President of the United Arab Emirates, Prince Turkey Ibn Abdelaziz of Saudi Arabia, Daniel Burstein, Librarian of Congress, USA, Princess Caroline of Monaco, Melina Mercuri of Greece, Member of the Parliament, François Mitterrand, President of France, Queen Sophia of Spain, etc. It constituted an impressively prestigious group. The meeting was a great success from every point of view. The 18 members of the Commission signed the Aswan Declaration that called for the international community to cooperate in the completion of the library. A maquette had been produced to show the design. The a film was shown that uh, was prepared in UNESCO with the participation of Omar Sharif. It was a, a very thrilling moment of great enthusiasm and the response to the appeal was immediate. At the end of the meeting, President Mubarak, who had honored the meeting with his presence, was promised $64 million. It was now clear that the idea of the Bibliotheca Alexandrina was not a vague dream fit for international discussion, but it was a concrete project with a strong national commitment. In fact, President Mubarak and Mrs. Mubarak were behind it. A number of Egyptian intellectuals and journalists began to question the need for such a library, raising objections 
relative to its cost, its design, and its purpose. They were asking, were there not more urgent priorities and needs in Egypt? Could the building be safely realized from an engineering point of view? Could not the Egyptian build a simpler and less expensive structure? The Commission of Architectures of the Supreme Council of Egyptian Cultures even went as far as saying that the project was technically unrealizable. In addition, its undue sophistication would prevent Egyptian firms to participate in its construction. In order to answer some of these questions, UNESCO and the Snohetta Architects organized a very largely attended meeting in Alexandria and through a very thorough discussion succeeded in clearing doubts and dispelling objections. At this point it was recognized that UNESCO and Egypt had succeeded in launching the project and the Egyptian authorities were fully committed to bringing it to completion in October 1990. A project agreement was signed by the government of Egypt and UNESCO, setting up the institutional framework and the organs of the project. In Egypt, a unique legislative structure was later created, which made the library an autonomous juridical entity tied directly to the President of the Republic. The law gives the President vast latitude in determining the manner in which the library shall be governed. All the relevant regulations for the library's financial and administrative affairs were specified in a decree. The organizational structure is composed of the Council of Patrons, chaired by the President, the Board of Trustees, composed of Egyptians and foreign personalities, and chaired by Mrs. Mubarak, and the Director General of the Bibliothèque Alexandrina, who assumes the executive responsibility of the library, Dr. Ismail Saragitin. Shortly after that point, I retired from UNESCO. My colleague Giovanni Romero was appointed project manager in February 1992 and charged with the overseeing the construction of the building in Alexandria. The budget was estimated then at 172 million. I understand that the final cost was to be in the order of 220 million. Archaeological excavation on the site began, which uncovered ruins of Roman villas and beautiful mosaics. I understand that it delayed the tender action concerning the first phase of construction, which was eventually launched 
1994. Nine companies had pre-qualified. On 15 May of that year, the contractor selected was Rodeo Trevi Italy, Arab contractor Egypt joint venture, officially begun phase one. The construction work involved the most advanced technology available. The proximity of the sea demanded particular precautions to prevent any water infiltration. A waterproof wall reinforced with an anti-earthquake system was erected. Phase one was completed October, no, December 31st, 1995. Phase two, which, is, uh, which comprises the structure, services, fit out and external works, followed, was carried out by Balfour, Betty UK, an Arab contractor joint venture. Throughout the project, Snoheta and Hamza Associates Consortium acted as the architects engineers consultant. From December 93 to August 95, they had completed the design phase of the building before phases one could start. Snoheta also designed the furniture that was donated by the government of Norway. And culture. A couple of years after the Biblioteca Alexandrina was inaugurated, one day I went back to Alexandria and visited my library. It was a very moving visit. I had spent years talking, discussing, planning, and dreaming about the Biblioteca Alexandrina. My emotion during this visit cannot be described. I found it so beautiful. The sloping roof, which allows indirect light to enter the reading rooms and allow for an exquisite view of the sea. That slope roof is a jewel. I love the Aswan granite wall wrapped around the cylinder with engraved inscriptions and symbols. That wall is simply majestic. The spacious hall, the cascading terraces, the very special atmosphere that prevails in that library is simply majestic, magic. I felt so proud and so lucky to have contributed to this simply magnificent masterpiece. The revival of the library we knew from the beginning is not the construction of a building resembling what the ancient one was, nor is it the reconstitution of the ancient collection so as to create a museum in replica. The revival is an attempt to transpose the ancient idea into modern terms and play 
an educational, cultural and scientific role throughout the region. In that respect, I felt very strongly that Dr. Ismail Saragedin, the Director General, has so far fully succeeded in creating and meeting the score. Many of those who were a few years ago skeptical about the project do admit that the Biblioteca Alexandrina is a jewel and together with the Opera House of Sydney, L'Arche de la Défense in Paris, the Guggenheim Museum in Bilbao is among the outstanding architectural designs of modern time. The fact is that the involvement of UNESCO and the support of its member states has given the library a truly international scope and dimension, preserving the spirit of the old library. The legal structure given to the Bibliotheca Alexandrina linking it directly to the presidency augurs well in this respect. Mr. Sagedin is answerable directly to President Hosni Mubarak, not to Egypt's bureaucracy or parliament. In conclusion, one may say that the personal commitment of the President Mubarak, the enthusiasm, energy and vision of Mrs. Mubarak, the intelligent leadership of Ismail Saragiddin, and the interest and support of the international community foretell the best and promise every success. In concluding my talk, I should like to quote from a speech that Mr. Hosni Mubarak gave. He said, Egypt has launched the project for the revival of the ancient library of Alexandria because of its, its conviction that human beings do not live on bread alone, but that culture, which is the food of the mind and soul, is an import, as important as bread and other material needs. Thank you.